Hi, this is Steve. And this is Jen. And you're listening to Runkle Recaps. Dana 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 That's that's our new holding spot for where we're gonna put in the intro music when we start doing a better job of editing these. Welcome. This is How I Met Your Podcast. So not that ex- well. Okay, mixed feelings here. I'm really excited because we haven't recorded one of these in a few weeks, but not so excited because I I don't love this particular episode. Yeah, it was okay, but it also was one that I haven't seen a million times, so it was entertaining to revisit. There's really two storylines here. One is part of the gang, and then eventually the whole gang. But it starts off with part of the gang going to a nightclub, and so we'll have some conversation about that. That part of the story I didn't like very much. The other part where Marshall and Lily are trying to do more grown-up things uh, with couples, that part played a lot better, I thought. I think there were good good lines and good little parts to both of them. I mean, I think it really outlined how awful clubs actually are. Before we get into this, I I have an exciting new ranking (laughs) to read to our listeners. And this one's not just exciting, but it's also informational. It's also, <laughs> that's a bad word to use. What's a better word? Informative. Oh, God. Why didn't <laughs> I get there quicker? All right. So this is Steve's top 10 podcast that he listens to. And I've said before, I typically like show recaps and I like long form interviews and I also like some informative, to borrow a phrase, <laughs> uh, podcasts that are a little more educational. So number 10 is a podcast called Friends Like These. It's a recap of friends. And I try to look up different recaps of friends. I didn't find a lot out there, surprisingly. But this one's kind of interesting in that they don't do such a great job recapping in that they're first-time listeners to the show, or else, or at least that's what they pose to be. And it's two guys in sort of like a situation where they don't know each other very well when they started off. They don't really give a lot of background of how they found each other, except for they seem to know some people in common. The interesting part of it is that they seem to have sort of this fictional, real-life stuff going on that they insert into their podcast. It doesn't, unfortunately, it doesn't really match up with the show much. It's not like what's going on in their real life is somehow going parallel to some of the, the topic lines in the show. But, and you can, if, if you're not naive, you can tell this is sort of made up because just people wouldn't really act like this uh, in a podcast or, you know, number nine, the Tim Ferriss show, which is sort of a business conversational podcast. Tim Ferriss is a well-known uh, writer and uh, business commentator, and he has a lot of really good business interviews. Number eight, Rob Rob and Akiva Need a Podcast. This one I wouldn't recommend jumping in unless you are fans of their their Seinfeld recap, which I've talked about several times. Uh, Rob Sesternito has has a podcast. It's that series of podcasts. But this is one where Rob and Akiva have their listeners suggest certain topics they should talk about. And then they have sort of a wheel of fortune wheel that they spin – and one of the topics will come up, and then they'll do that topic. So it's pretty interesting, and they have really good rapport with each other, unlike me and my wife, Jen. Um, and then number seven, you must remember this, which is a Hollywood throwback history podcast. It's very interesting. They, should, they tell a lot of good stories of um, Hollywood between the 40s and the 70s, I think is probably the best way to describe it. Number six is Business Wars. I forget the name of the group that does it. It's one guy that sort of narrates it. The production value on it is incredible, and they, they he talks about a lot of really interesting business conflicts and battles, like between Death Row and Bad Boy Records, between McDonald's and Burger King, Red Bull and Monster, Coke versus Pepsi, eBay versus PayPal, and it's usually done in six 30-minute installations, they have, you know, actors, although I think it's sort of one or two guys that are coming in and doing voices of the characters, although it's sort of a white guy with a bit of a southern drawl that's the actor, and he's doing these voices. 
which became a little uncomfortable when he was trying to do voices of black people in Bad Boy and Death Row Records. They didn't seem to get an actor that could make that, that transition. Um, number five. Is, Business Wars is by Wondery, which has a lot of really good podcasts. Oh, Wondery does? Mm-hmm. Okay, I haven't looked at their other things. Yeah, Wondery has a lot of um, like true crime stuff that I really like. Yeah, they, they did Dirty John. They're doing Over My Dead Body, which is on my list I haven't listened to yet. Dr. Death was crazy good. Are they, the ones that you're talking about, do they have like really good production value? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, The Vanished is really good. So, yeah. Yay, Wondery. Maybe someday we can be on that channel. And one day, Jen will give her top ten podcast, maybe next week, or whenever someone asks for it that ends up listening to our podcast, where we invite our audience to tell us their top ten. By the time we actually put this podcast out. <laughs> maybe we'll be on it. I don't think that's where you were going, but no. I was going to finish your thought that seems to be going in a, in, a, in a bad direction. All right, number five. See, look at that Woody. <laughs> we're no Robin Akiva. <laughs> Number five, Awards Chatter. It's by The Hollywood Reporter. It's really good long-form interviews with folks that are up for some, or being talked about for some sort of award. If you go back, it's like 100 to 150 interviews already. And it's, it's all the top actors, and you know they also have some directors and producers in there. But if you go back and look at the history of it, if you like those kind of interviews, you're going to find at least you know 75 or 80 that you like out of there. Uh, there's... There's one I love called Again With This, which is recapping Beverly Hills 90210. And the hosts that do this recap, they're very very smart and acerbic with their review of the characters and often the actors. And I I think they go a little far with it. They almost sort of love to hate it in a way, but it it leans a lot more towards hate. But they do recognize when some of it was good and... Uh, you know, true, the first few seasons were a lot better than the next seven, but, or, you know, however many there were, and they were a little kinder early on, but they, they, they have some really funny takes on some of the just bad directing there was, and how much the actors really didn't care to be there in the last few seasons, and it showed, so it, it's fun to listen to them and watch along with it, although in the last few seasons they recommend don't watch, just let them watch for you and review it, and th- <laughs> your life will be a lot happier. Number three is Armchair Expert with Dax Shepard. I didn't know a lot about Dax Shepard before listening to this, but I really am enjoying it. Um, he, he has really good long-form interviews, and it's, it's sort of a psychological approach to re- evaluating him and his friends' lives, especially when they've gone through you know, things like uh, drug addiction and uh, molestation, things of that nature. That doesn't sound like a lot of fun, but he makes it fun. Number two is WTF, or What the F, with Mark Marin. I like his interviews because he's a little in-your-face with the interviews, and he's very honest, and he gets people to really open up. So I enjoy his interviews. I don't like him that much, but for some reason, I, I think the way he kind of structures it in his interviews, it almost plays out like, um, oh, what's that show I'm thinking of, where James... Lipton, Inside the Actor's Studio. It sort of plays out like Inside the Actor's Studio. And then number one is post-show recaps. It's Rob Cesarnino's, uh, Rob has a podcast. They tend to do a really good job, better than anyone I've heard before, recapping modern and, and old shows. They don't go backwards in time to recap old shows, but right now, when it's on the air, they do it week by week, and usually within a day or two after the show airs on Game of Thrones, Walking Dead, Mr. Robot, they did Sharp Objects, Better Call Saul. It's the same guys that did the Seinfeld recap. And they have a good mixture of different folks doing the podcast based on expertise that these folks already have. So really enjoyable. If you like post-show recaps, look that up. Hopefully they have some that you would listen to. We're going to take a quick break. So uh, this, this episode, OK Awesome, which is a reference to OK is the club we end up going to, it has an 8.4 IMDb rating. Really? Yeah, and I find that almost none of their episodes have anything less than an 8. No. But this one is actually rated higher on IMDb than any of the other ones we've reviewed so far. Hmm. All right. I have it at ranked at 111. So, you know, it's not one of the worst, It's but, but I wouldn't even call it a middling episode. 
let's jump in when we when we start off. We're we're back on the couch with uh, Ted's kids, and Bob Saget jumps into it pretty quickly, claiming you know saying, "Kids, I'm going to tell you a story about the time I went deaf." And the kids' responses are are fairly generic, as it they say something to the effect of. Do we have a choice to listen to it? You know, they, they don't reference what he said, but this is just sort of tracking along with. We think they they recorded a bunch of generic responses and are trying to sort of fit them in where they can. Yeah, makes sense to me. We start at McLaren's and Robin enters and approaches uh, the booth with Ted and Barney and says, "Say you're my bitch." Which, of course, Ted goes right along with in sort of a sitcom trope of, I'm your bitch, why this time? Right. Not a great joke. No, not even. But she, this becomes a running gag of the names of clubs in New York City, and this one's called <laughs> OK. Now, this isn't a thing in D.C. Jen and I lived in the city for a while before we moved out to the Burbs and spent our, a fair share of time roaming the streets, going into different bars and what have you. Not a lot of dance clubs, but we went to a few. And we're going to take a quick pause so that I can let our dog Roxy outside. Roxy makes her first appearance of the episode. And we're back. Yeah, I thought this was the one where they went through a whole bunch of different club names, but I guess that's a later episode. Oh, much later, because that's when Barney's dad is there. Uh, oh, okay. And, it's, and they sort of play it out like a uh, Abbott and Costello routine goes right. on first. Right, right, right. For some reason, I had it in my head that that's when um, <clears throat> his brother was around, which I think is season one. And I've been to New York City, and I've never noticed that the clubs have names like this that are, are just one word right. that you would use in everyday life, like okay. or Maybe it was the mid-aughts. Maybe the city's out of it. Yeah, I wonder if this is inside baseball here, that if you're from the city or have been to the city a lot, you know that the, this is what the clubs are really called. Or maybe they've made this up. So Barney seems to know the club. Ted's confused by, I got you into okay. Barney makes a comment that he knows a friend that stood outside it all night and never got in or almost never got in. I forget what the comment is. And Ted calls him out that it's not his friend, it was him. <laughs> is it a friend called you? And, you know, a little mediocre banter going back and forth on that one. Now, I I hate that, and I'm pretty sure that I never thought a club was good because I didn't get in or I had to wait outside. And I will say that as, as long a line as you might stand it in D.C., you never not get in. Yeah, no, that sounds terrible to, like, go out, go in a line and maybe not get in. I don't know. Maybe that's some... Um... Thing that people who need validation <laughs> oh, very <laughs> much go through, so. but I that has zero interest. There's a lot of places I've been where they have a list and you can get in and not wait in line, or you're in a shorter line because you're on the list. And yeah, that did feel good when you did that, but often you get on that list just by going to their website and signing up right. to get there. I do vaguely, vaguely remember, like, I don't even know if it was a club, but at like a bar or two, like, they were just small and they could only let so many people in at a time. Yeah, that place was sort of like a speakeasy, and you had to call in the night of... Yeah, that was in around U Street. Okay. I can't remember... It's going to come to me in a little bit what the name of that place was, but yeah, you would just call in earlier and say you were coming, and it, it had no name on, above the door, and it was right. kind of small, and they had uh, ridiculously over-mixed drinks. <laughs> I mean, they were good but they would charge like $15 a cocktail because every single one was mixed with like 20 different things. And I also remember them being all incredibly potent. But yes. we'll, we'll get to it. And this was DC Bar Reviews by Stephen <laughs> But we skipped over the name of the episode where Brady says, okay, awesome. Right. So yeah, call back to the name. Um, so moving, moving on, Robin is getting them on the list to get into this club because the guy that owns the club ran into her at the gym and said he was a big fan. Now, this is this is a little different from the Robin. We don't we don't know her to go to the gym and <laughs> when she does when when they eventually do show her at a gym, she looks so disgusting they keep giving her a hard time about being <laughs> no, a guy or that. being a butch lesbian or um, that that just sort of that that occurred to me. Oh, and I also want to say that Ted's shirt 
is doing that thing that I've mentioned before. If you oh, haven't watched the episode, where it like opens up really wide at the top, and I still it drives me nuts. I don't know how they make it do that. Robin also mentions that she is going to be on the VIP list, and Barney makes a lame joke about what he thinks VIP means. Yeah, it's lame and very predictable. Yeah, not not their again best. very Barney esque because you know Barney would actually make that. He would, but he gets he does get so much better. With the jokes that he makes. So, Robin is becoming a long and difficult to spell household name. We also, now we jump to Lily talking about a conversation she had with one of her fellow kindergarten teachers during nap time. Did we know that she was a kindergarten teacher yet? I don't think we did. I don't know. They kind of presented in the episode as like, Lily's a kindergarten teacher and... Okay. I don't know. It may have come up at some point. I can't remember. Doesn't matter that much. It's been weeks since we've done this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> True. Um, yeah, so her teacher friend is talking about how they... Her and her husband went to a bed and breakfast. That's what it was. That's right. And so Lily now wants her and Marshall to be involved in classy grown-up stuff so that she can fit in with her teacher friends. So do you remember the... It might have been the only, but the first bed and breakfast we went to. Did we go to a bed and breakfast? Well, it advertised itself as a bed and breakfast. So this was in St. Michael's. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, we, yeah, no, that was that they had a million bed and breakfasts and we stayed at a cabin. Okay. <laughs> the point of the story is we went there and Jen was pregnant so she couldn't party, but it was our anniversary. It was like our fourth wedding anniversary or fifth. It was our one year anniversary. Oh, whatever. <laughs> yeah, that's right, because we had a kid. And fourth and fifth. So, <laughs> this was our first time going somewhere fun where we couldn't really have fun. And by fun, I mean drinking like a lot. Drunk. Drinking a lot, meeting people, you know, having random conversations and bar hopping. Now, you were a good sport and, and we did go to a couple bars and mm-hmm. I had some drinks. And I wasn't like obviously pregnant. I was like, we had just found out I was pregnant. Like six weeks pregnant. But outside of when we were doing that, we had a lot of trouble <laughs> finding, <laughs> finding things. We are like, what do sober people do yeah. when they come to places like these? I think we went to, like, a, not an art gallery, but we went and bought, like, a, an oil painting Yeah, at, we did go to, like, an art place. We went to some museum. Uh, just the like saddest. Like a house museum. <laughs> just, just the most depressing of museums of, the only thing they were famous for is a... I think a cannonball came through there during the <laughs> I don't even remember during that. the Revolutionary War, or maybe it was the Civil War. I can't remember anymore. At any rate, There's a couple of cute little shops, but yeah, that was I think our first time really struggling. I'm like, oh shit, what do we do when we can't drink? So Lily decides that they should be doing a wine tasting party. I, they they allude back to this. Actually, this is this is all told or narrated by. Uh, or or la- this conversation was launched when Robin was asking Ted and Barney whether they should invite Lily and Marshall, and Ted and Barney laugh and say, "No, no, no, no." They're you know, and then fill her in that they're trying to do these grown up things. Yes, <laughs> she signed them up for book clubs and cooking classes. We, we cut to Marshall's Ted and Marshall's apartment. He's there with Marshall's there with Lily, and she talks to him about how she wants to start doing grown up stuff. We did skip over how when her her teacher friend asked her what she did over the weekend, oh, right. they flashed to her <laughs> chugging, and everyone's chanting "chug, chug, chug." I I don't think I've ever been to a party anywhere <laughs> ever. Well, that was where the people party. are that actually chanting. Yeah, it was it was a bar, but I'm saying even at college parties, no one chants "chug" when someone's chugging. I mean, maybe if you're playing what's that flippy cup game? <laughs> maybe somewhere someone has. I'm sure it's been done in time. Maybe it's just a TV movie thing where people chant chug, but I've never actually witnessed this live. At any rate, so she says she wants to start doing more grown-up things there in the apartment, and Marshall makes a pretty decent joke that what we did this morning was pretty grown-up stuff. It wasn't classy. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) That was good. And so she brings up the wine tasting party, and, you know, he says, I like wine, I like tasting, you know, I like to party. He's down, maturity style. Yeah, it's okay. They go back to McLaren's and Ro- they continue on the ev- the conversation of what's going to happen that evening. Robin's going to fix Ted up with somebody named Kelly. And there's a little back and forth, Barney, you know, saying if she's being fixed up with Ted, she's ugly. Robin says she's not. Barney's intrigued and says, do you have any hot friends for me? And she cuts him off pretty quickly and says no. Yeah. And I think this is also a running trope for Barney where anytime 
anybody tries to set Ted up with somebody, he just assumes they're ugly based on the description that they give. Because, yeah. like, the person doesn't immediately say, like, oh my god, she's super hot. Like, Barney just assumes they're ugly. They're, Marshall, they're back in Marshall and Ted's. Now, I noticed this was on the Hulu version, but not the recorded version, but Lily makes some horrible jokey comment about what Ted's wearing, like... How, oh, the blazer. Yeah, the blazer. Some some comment about how great his blazer is, and then um, I, I thought that was horrible, and then Barney comes in and, you know, makes an entrance that says, and he had perfect hair, or something like that. <laughs> yeah. And I think Lily immediately makes up for the horrible blazer comment by <laughs> by making fun of Barney's, Barney's shirt. He says, she says... Oh Barney, we're in the same. Sh- we're wearing the same shirt. Oh no, wait, that's my shirt reflecting <laughs> back to me and your shirt because he's wearing a shiny shirt. I remember there was a shiny shirt phase. There was. Although you know, I think it was more prominent in business. Women were wearing like uh, button-up shirts that yes. were shiny under a blazer. You know, and now that you say that, I remember I had a purple shiny shirt. My mom. <laughs> I wore it to court. When even I my mom b- bought a whole bunch of them because Elaine had them on Seinfeld. <laughs> but this is that's the '90s, you know. We're we're way past the '90s, so I guess maybe they're still popular somewhere. But his was not good. No, it was really bad, and for somebody who is sartorically inclined. Ooh, well ooh, done. Thank you. That was hot. <laughs> um, it's it's a bad look for Barney, and we don't really see him out of a suit again until. He's trying to hook up with a bartender that doesn't like people in suits. Right, so... <laughs> yeah, they, they, there's several improvements they make on him. There's something else I'll comment about his dancing later. But <laughs> that just, you know, they, he's a different... He, he evolves pretty quickly into something else as a character. Yeah. He also, he mentions that, you know, his shirt is shiny because women like it. It's one of... Women like shiny things. That's one of... 24 things that <laughs> similarities. are similarities between girls and fish. Didn't you read his blog? I wonder what some of those other similarities would be. I don't think I don't think you get into any of them without being misogynistic, right? No, I can't imagine. But I love that even back then... Like, the shiny thing's not that bad. I mean... No, no, no. That's not that insulting. But I just think it's funny that like even back then, this is you know, 2005, they're still making fun of him for having a blog. <laughs> like, yeah, and that carries on for the entire <laughs> series run. And I, I feel like blogs were okay around that time. I think probably they became much more rare as the oh, seasons yeah. went along, as as social media crept up with uh, Facebook and what was the other MySpace. one? MySpace, right? Friendster. Friendster, got it. Um, but no, I just think it's funny that they always like just harp on him for having a blog, and it's super lame because he writes stuff like the twenty four similarities between women and fish. Right. Well, Barney's gonna Barney. Barney is gonna Barney. We cut over to OK, the club. They're outside and they're walking up. And I'm gonna almost come out of my skin when I repeat the line that Barney says that there's a lot of ferocious looking cutlets. Oh, it's so bad. I, <laughs> I have in my notes just barf. <laughs> I know. It's, it's just so awful. That's bad for even him. It's just, it doesn't work. No, it's. So, so bad. I'm not sure what the show was going for. If they thought maybe that was a... At some point, that was a hip way to refer to women. Like, he could have said babes, or... I think there's, like, a million things he could have said that were almost kind of used at the time, but not so awkward and disgusting sounding. I feel like... I'm hoping it was a deliberate choice to make Barney just seem gross. Yeah. Not like, hey, this is a cool guy that refers to women in this way. He doesn't, and I, I think the other part is he doesn't sell it. I don't think he likes right. saying it as the actor. No. Not at all. So as they get closer, Barney is starting to sort of move to the beat. And for a performer in Neil Patrick Harris that's done a lot of musicals and song and dance numbers at the Tonys, and he really cannot dance. I didn't notice. Oh, watch it again sometime. <laughs> He just his, he has no rhythm. Now it may be a problem in that I don't think they really play music when they're right. doing the scenes. Yeah. But he just cannot fake rhythm, and when he's grind quote unquote grinding on the cutlet, you almost did a spit Gross. take. <laughs> when he's grinding on the on 
We'd love his not, cousin. Yeah, oh, I didn't want to jump there yet. <laughs> um, again, his, his movement is just not good. And I, I think that's actually like a, a flaw of Neil Patrick Harris that he's not really a good dancer. And I heard him in an interview. I want to say it was either on one of those either awards, awards chatter or I think it must have been awards chatter where the host of the show refers to him as a song and dance man. And he's like, I'm really, or maybe it was Mark Maron. It's like, I'm really not a song and dance man. <laughs> I think he can like memorize a routine okay and he can sort of go along with it, but he's just not, he cannot choreograph or create or have rhythm. Yeah, well, we'll see a few seasons from now when they do their whole big musical number about suits. Well, that's my point. He's good <laughs> in that. I think when they have like a, a set routine with right. some standard dance moves, but when he's trying to like club dance or something like that. Is anybody good at grinding? <laughs> I mean. Um, yes, present company <laughs> included. I don't know, you've never seen video of yourself grinding. That would be when I was in competition with a lot of other guys at bars and where we're dancing, and it makes it sound like I was in a dance routine at a bar. At a bar <laughs> where you dance with women, or when I was at the fraternity parties, I would actually be able to separate myself from other people by being a better dancer. <laughs> All right, ask, ask around. Do you want to talk about your time in the um, breakdancing club? It wasn't a club. It was a crew. <laughs> oh, excuse me. The Kensington Breakers. <laughs> and no, we don't need to get... That's a whole other podcast. <laughs> All right. All right. Are we back at Lillian Marshall's? Yeah, where do, where do we leave, leave off? Well, I have down... I, I don't oh. remember the conversation, but I have that the strategies that Barney's talking about work about half the time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> do, your, do your strategies ever work? The question is, do they ever not work? Either way, the answer is about half the time. That, yeah, that was pretty well well crafted. I wanted to also mention that. So Robin comes out to retrieve them and point out to the bouncer that that she has them on the list. And she is way too excited about her position right now yeah, and being VIP. I think it fits with the character. I mean, you saw an episode or two ago of her just like being so run down of like, oh, I'm doing these terrible news stories like this is the worst and so to get like that little bit of like recognition and look I can get people into clubs like I can see her you know going full force into that yeah I think it's her in this part of the show but not later on right and did you see who was in line at the club I did it was one of the other freaks and geeks guys yeah Sam Levine Sam Levine yeah I've seen him in a lot of things he was obviously in freaks and geeks he was in Not Another Teen Movie, which you know I love. Right. He's in all the new Wet Hot American Summers, like the new show they had and the, like an updated movie they're going to do. Oh. And he's just, he gets a lot of work for a guy that's sort of sh- short and not too good looking, but <laughs> he, he's, he's got good comedic timing. And obviously he was in Freaks and Geeks with Jason Siegel. Do we know the other two guys? Or they're just guys? They're just guys. I didn't look them up. I didn't recognize them. But, obviously, Sam Levine was the one that we were supposed to more focus right. on. And, right. Um, apparently, he was brought into audition for Barney, but he read it and was thinking, I'm just not, this is just <laughs> isn't me. And that must have been when they were going to have Barney be sort of a heavy right. John Belushi type. Interesting. All right, moving along. So now we're back at Lillian Marshall's. <laughs> oh, I, I wanted to go back to one thing when... when when they're leaving Marshall and Lily's house to go to the club, there's sort of this back and forth where it's, uh, have a good time, Grandpa and Grandma, and... Don't wait up. You know, uh, who knew that being in a heterosexual relationship would involve so many gay activities? And I think the only reason they get away with that, or I guess it didn't matter back then, but now you can't, except for it was a gay actor saying it. So it sort of makes yeah. you feel better about it. Yeah, he wasn't out at the time, though. He was, he was out at the time, but so. I didn't, I not everyone knew about it yet. Uh, okay. I was going to say, I didn't think it was till partway through the season, or partway through the run. He was actually outed by, what was that, who's that blogger, the gay blogger? Oh, yeah, the shitty blogger guy. I can't remember his name. Perez Hilton. Yeah, Perez Hilton, who has since sincerely apologized to him for that. Yeah, um, F that guy, he sucks. Yeah, he does. I mean, I'm not sure who likes him, but at any rate, so there's, there's a sort of a macho back and forth about the whole thing of, you know, you're not men because you're not coming out with us. You're doing gay stuff because you're in a relationship. And it's funny because the very last thing when he says grandma and grandpa and he walks out, 
Marshall's face, he actually does has, has an interesting reaction of like being a little hurt. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't sure if it was because we later find out that he was upset that he wasn't invited. Right. I thought it was maybe the remark, but I think it could have worked either way. So they're we're gonna go back to Ten and Marshall's and they're on they're sitting around on the chair and the couch with the couples. And do you, do you recognize the one guy on the couch that's married to the pregnant woman? No. He's sort of the go-to guy these days for hiring someone that's going to be a real douche. <laughs> like, he was he was in both Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul as the same guy in the two different shows oh, as a stockbroker. the guy with the car? Yeah, that the, Walter, like, yeah Walter blows up his car. <laughs> Ken and, wins. And he, gets, and he gets scammed by Saul and uh, Saul's girl. Um, Kim. Kim, yeah. That's right, it's Ken wins. No, I did not His, recognize The him. actor's name is Kyle Bornheimer. He's also in She's Out of My League. He's sort of the obnoxious older brother that's in his tidy whities a lot. <laughs> you, I think you've only seen that movie once. I've, yeah. seen, I've only seen it once all the way through, but every once in a while it comes on and I'll watch a few scenes of it. And he, he gets a lot of roles like this. He's really typecast, unfortunately, for him. Um, but you, almost you can look at his face and you sort of get that feeling like, <laughs> right. this, this guy looks like a douche. And then, you know, they're asking Marshall, they're, they're talking about mortgages and kids and asking Marshall if they're going to have a kid and Marshall puts his foot in his mouth. <laughs> talking about babies are anchors. Wow, what is it like? You know, they weigh down, down your way, life. Yeah, that's what I was for. And they do. They, I mean, there's, there's no argument about that. He doesn't, at, at this time, know the good side of them, but <laughs> that's all true. And the way she tells him... I'm three months pregnant. It's really kind of almost obnoxious. I mean, what he's saying is a little obnoxious if he knew she was pregnant. Right. But the way she's sort of... And he's her host. It's like, I'm three months pregnant. And gives him a look. Yeah. I mean... I don't know. I'm also like, maybe she should have... Not not that it's anybody's business if you're pregnant, but like, okay, why'd you come to a wine tasting? (laughs) Well, why'd you go to St. Michael's and go to bars? Well, we had that plan before we found out we were pregnant. Really? Yeah. Okay. What do you think? I mean, we found out I was pregnant like a week before we went, and we had it planned for a oh, couple months. Oh, okay. I didn't remember the timing being like that. Of course, yeah. the other day I forgot our wedding anniversary date. So yeah, you're really I, batting a thousand I, here. I can't be counted on for much these days. <laughs> so we're back at okay. Now you get. I'm starting to notice that you get real whiplash in this show because usually they break up into two groups in the show, or that at least they have so far, mm-hmm. and they just keep going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Between two different settings. Right. I want to jump back to Marshall real quick. He's like, after she says that and gives him the look, he's like, it's not awkward. It's not awkward. Doesn't have to be awkward if we don't make it awkward. And then he just gets up and leaves. Right. <laughs> like, he knows there's no saving it. Yeah, it's funny because none of the guys are, like, hard on him, but right. the woman's giving him a look. <laughs> They're back at OK, and they check in their coats, and we recognize an actress who's the coat check girl, but we'll come back to that. Yeah, I wrote her name down. I, I, no, I have it. Don't worry. Okay, good. I did all the right research. So they go upstairs, and it's a very, very loud club, and that becomes the running gag while they're there, is that no one can really hear what the other person's saying. And they have some fun with that. And some of it's good, some of it's meh. I enjoy most of that. I think it's you know, clever the way they interplay some of it. Yeah, and I was trying to think if I've ever been to a club that loud. I don't yes. think in... I don't, <laughs> really? I feel like we have. I mean, it's been a long time but I don't feel like I have so much in DC maybe one or two or maybe there was one room where it was that loud I can't remember I, I'm sure I have Never mind. I mean we stopped going a long time ago to True places enough. that you can't hear we're old in case you can't tell <laughs> so Ted gets introduced to Kelly almost right away and I I saw her she looked familiar to me I think she sort of looks like a poor woman's Malin Ackerman yeah she looked familiar but I looked her up and didn't recognize her. She's very like pretty. Mm-hmm. I thought she was very well cast as an attractive woman. Um, and she kind of plays along well with the bouncer. The kind of girl that would just dance by herself until someone dances with her on a, on <laughs> yeah, a dance she's floor. She's got some interesting dance moves of her own. Ted, Ted meets her. He's trying to talk to her. And, you know, we get all this in, in captions on the screen. And she's just kind of... I don't know if she's just playing along that she knows what he's saying and trying to be friendly. Or if she thinks she knows what he's saying and mishearing him. Yeah, I, that's my guess. It just she's guessing, and <laughs> it's not accurate. 
Barney picks a cutlet to dance behind. Ugh, and he pulls, like, a super sleazy move where, like, she's dancing with another guy. That guy leaves, and he just, like, sidles Slides up. right in. Yeah. I don't know if it was super sleazy. I think that's just kind of how it goes. She's clearly a girl that's dancing and not doesn't care much who's behind her, dancing <laughs> behind her. And so, I mean, how long... It seems like they could have been there an hour of him dancing behind her without her actually looking at who it was. Right. Yeah, I guess that's true. I feel like that's another one of those things that's, like, probably not as okay these days as maybe it was 14 years ago. Yeah, I don't know. She was sort of trapped up against a table, but there was no, obviously, no struggle. Right, right, right. So they're back at at Ted and Marshall's. It's Lily and Marshall in the kitchen. And Marshall starts to express that he feels a little left out from not being, having been invited. And I like... Lily's response of, <laughs> doosh, doosh. Do, is this wanna... what you really want? Doosh, doosh. Yeah, yeah. Her physical approach to him doing that is. I remember laughing a lot the first time I saw it, and it still made me laugh. She she pulled that move off really well. <laughs> and then Marshall again with the foot in the mouth. With the, is this what you want? Thirty-year mortgage. I'm three months pregnant. And the pregnant woman's watching, walking in as he says that, and he's like, "All right, now that now this time it is awkward." And she nods back to him like, yes, it is. Um, This is just not Marshall's scene. He's not ready to be a grown-up yet. So they're ready to drink, and the the guys at the wine tasting are like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We got to wait for the tannins to do something. To air? Yeah, I guh, guess you open it up. Whatever tannins do. And there's something called a tannin, and it's let out of the bottle. It's. I I remember back to probably my early 30s, and I had... I'm not going to say who it was, but there was, I was friends with a couple who all of a sudden became into wine, oh, and it would be all they talked about, and then there's another couple that we'd hang out with them, who I liked. I liked both couples. One of them I was, you know, the, the couple I'm talking about I was really close with, and the other couple I became close with, but they became sort of wine friends, and they would just talk nonstop about wine. Their next trip was always to some wine area. <laughs> Sounds so boring. It, it would, <laughs> I thought it was really bad until... I met people that were really into different beers, and I learned that beer connoisseurs are much douchier than wine connoisseurs. <laughs> you prefer the wine people? I don't know. There's a certain class to wine. I think beer connoisseurs almost became a bit of a millennial or hipster thing. Yeah, I can see that. No offense to anybody out there that loves or really appreciates wine or beer. This isn't an insult to you. It's just really boring to everybody else. Yeah, we are not that interested in what we drink we just drink I buy the same 13 <laughs> bottle $13 bottle of wine every Thursday to have as we wind down from the week super oh. fancy here in the Runkle House dude why'd you tell them our name it's in the show title oh yeah alright we're back at OK and Ramen cannot get in, can't get into VIP Ted and the girl can't communicate I oh, nothing. we know you forgot our favorite part. Tannins, freaking tannins. Freaking tannins. Oh, right. Well, we mentioned the tannins, yeah. So, I'm sorry. Jen and I are supposed to point it out every time. There, a line comes up that we always steal. And so, every time someone talks about wine or letting it breathe, her and I always look at each other, smiling, like, tannins. Freaking tannins. <laughs> That's a running theme for us. All right. There's some... There's some boring stuff, but okay. Robin can't get into VIP. Oh, you forgot the whole thing about Marshall jumped out the window. No, that hasn't happened yet. All right. So there, he takes better notes than I Yeah, there's a, cut, there's a cut back to OK first, where Rama can't get into VIP, and Ted's still talking with the girl. Oh, okay. And then we go back to Ted and Marshall's. Marshall's unhappy sitting there, and so he... Oh, no, they're, they're in the kitchen, and Marshall is expressing how unhappy he is. And Lily says, oh, we're gonna, but we're going to go do fondue with them next week. <laughs> and he's like, fondue? Why would we do that? And she goes, it's... Cheese, dipping stuff in melted cheese. Uh, he has a really good reaction. <laughs> and okay, yeah, that sounds good. It's really well delivered. And now we start to see Jason Siegel coming around and being able to be a little more subtle in his delivery, not be such a goofball. Right. Yeah, that was one of my favorites. So Marshall sneaks off to the bathroom and decides that he's going to jump out the window. Which, which I there's two problems I see with this, and they call one of them out in the show, which is it's the third 
it's the third floor, and he couldn't do that without breaking his ankles. Right. No, I mean, it's set up that, like, okay, this is what he says happened. It's probably not what happened. <laughs> and also, I noticed that he is way too big for that window. <laughs> like, if he fit out of it, he would have to sort of go head first right, and, and squeeze he lands out. <laughs> he wouldn't, like, be able to sort of sit on the ledge of it and just kind of scoot off. <laughs> but anyways, it's supposed to be set up that way anyways. Okay. Like this, this, this is very unlikely that it's true. We're back to okay. I and love this whole part. <laughs> Ted goes. Ted goes to get her uh, Kelly a drink, and you know he can't get around the women at the bar. And of course, the women are getting. There's a male bartender, and the women are getting all the drink orders. And he's kind of moving back and forth, trying to catch the bartender. I've been this guy. I haven't been the guy that all of a sudden pops up in front of the women. <laughs> like he must have literally crawled under their legs and like popped up in front of them. But right. it was it was a good sight gag for him. <laughs> and he gets to order a drink, and I recognize the bartender. I when I saw him, I thought this guy's been in a lot of stuff. And so I looked at IMDb, and he had a fairly prominent role in a movie that I've had you watch with me called The Family That Prays. Yeah, it's it's a Tyler Perry movie, but. Mm-hmm. Sort of an unusual one for Tyler Perry, where it's a mostly white cast, where it's at least 50-50. Mm-hmm. And he plays a homeless guy that ends up having actually been a rich guy. And Spoiler. Yeah, but, anyways, but, it, but I was shocked to learn that there was nothing else I had seen him in, even though he looks so familiar. And it, it, the, the gag here is that the beers are $34 <laughs> for the two beers. And Ted just cannot wrap his brain around that. No, that's insane. I've been to 14? New York. That's an, it's They're using a little hyperbole there, because I've been to New York bars... And I've never, I don't think I've ever paid more than $10 per beer, which is a lot in itself. Yeah, but you're not going to douchey clubs. No, I've been to some douchey clubs in New York City. Mm-hmm. But yeah. also, I've been, no, it would have been around that time frame or a little before then. So it's a bit of an exaggeration, but I'm sure, you know, one of our listeners could write it and say, no, I paid that much. So right. I'm sure it probably does exist. Yeah, but I just think it's funny, the continual back and forth where he's like, 14? Oh, yeah. Seven? Kind of right now. 34. They jump back to Ted and Marshall's and... Wait, I just have to go back. Like, I just feel like that, that scene right there is just, like, the perfect example of why clubs are the worst. Like, it's way too loud. You can't get the bartender's attention. Everything's overpriced. Like, it's the worst. Everybody just should stay home. Yeah. I was a much happier person when I transitioned to neighborhood bars. <laughs> right. You meet just as many people. You actually have conversations. I think... The thing about nightclubs is it's really for people that don't, aren't good conversationalists. Yeah. They're going to win over other people by being able to spend more money, get into the clubs more easily, get the drinks faster. Maybe they know the bartender. Um, and they're attractive, so people notice them a little more easily. Right. Um, if you hear a little snoring behind <laughs> us, that is our bulldog, Roxy, who is snoring. We'll have some pictures of her up. In fact, we'll take a picture of her now and post it up on the website. She is completely bored by our podcast. I hope you folks are doing better out there. She's so squishy and cute. Oh, she has a very smushy face. Oh, she looks so funny. (laughs) Oh, that's a great picture. (laughs) All right. We're back at at Ted and Marshall's on the couch. And Lily's in in the middle of them all talking about Nora Jones, how her early (laughs) stuff was very dark and now it's like a lot better and she's bored. So she, you know, wants a drink, and oh, five more minutes, still can't drink. And again, we get the freaking tannins. Freaking tannins. And so she's wondering, wait a second, where's Marshall? He's been in the bathroom for a while. She goes and checks, realizes what happened, and then decides to jump out after him, wearing heels, leaving her purse behind. I wonder how Hailing she a got. Taxi. <laughs> I wonder how she paid for a cab. <laughs> Maybe she did the money in the bra thing. We go back to OK. We have Ted and Kelly dancing, and now he's sort of playing with the you can't hear me saying freaky things to her about <laughs> aliens. And, I'm from outer space. And all of a sudden, the music stops when he yells, I'm peeing my pants. And she doesn't see it as the running gag that he's been using, and so she freaks out and walks away, and the whole room is aghast. <laughs> yeah, I mean, clearly she's not the one for him, because obviously that wasn't actually what was happening, and that should have been a fun moment. And Ted doesn't have any problems meeting women on this show. So as, as attractive <laughs> and fun as she seems, um, I, I think he does okay without her. Yeah, he's not really feeling this whole scene anyway. So I think he's like, all right, cool, I'm just going to go. We jump to outside of OK and Marshall comes up as Robin's outside. 
trying to fix the VIP room issue on her phone and leaving the guy a message. And Marshall said, you know, she asked Marshall what he's doing there. Oh, God, I hate this line. I had a <laughs> move so and I just had to bust it. And then he thinks it's so funny that he said that. <laughs> and I think she does too. Just a, kind of a lame write-in yeah. joke. It's another bad Marshallism. Yeah. We'll get out of these eventually. Inside, Barney's still grinding on the lady. And actually has Ted kind of take a look at the face to see if she's attractive. <laughs> and he gives a thumbs up, so... Barney continues on. Well, and I just like that she like sees him looking and she's like, hey. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't sure if like she thought he was going to hit on her and she was saying bye, like I'm not interested or, but I think you had it right. She was just sort of responding to him. Right. All right. Next, we are in coat check and we are back to the coat check girl, Jayma Mays, who most people will recognize from here. She was on Heroes for a little while. She was on Glee. Ugly Betty. She kind of plays the same person on everything she's in, which is always pretty good. I don't remember her on Heroes. I don't either, but she was on a... <laughs> according to IMDb, she was in a lot of Heroes. Yeah. But you and I didn't watch, like, the last two seasons. Yeah, that's one I think, of the I think we were enthusiastic season one and two watchers. Mm-hmm. We were hesitant season three watchers. And, and then... That. Yeah, and then it just... It became one of these shows where... I don't... I don't know how to describe it, where there's just too many possibilities of what could happen, and they... The things start happening over and over again. And when you start to get too much jumping around in, in time, mm-hmm. I think it just sort of loses... You don't care about the plot anymore because I don't care what's going to happen because someone could always jump back in time and change it all. Right. I, the same thing happened to me with the TV show 12 Monkeys. I really liked the movie. And they made a TV show and I really liked the first season of it, although a couple it's on sci, it was on sci-fi. A couple of the actors weren't very good in it. But... I was really enjoying it. And then it just became a thing where, okay, they're jumping back in time all the time. And anything that happens ends up getting erased because they jump back in time again. Yeah. And it's just kind of like, you know, it, 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 it's no fun to follow. There's no through line. And I enjoy a, good, a decent through line. Well, fun fact. What other How I Met Your Mother, not cast person, but uh, special guest was also in Heroes. What special guest was also in Heroes? No Hayden Penitentiary and no. How I Met Your Mother. Um, I'd have to think for a while on this. Well, go ahead and give it to me. Ted's mom. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> She's the mom, the quote unquote the mom in every single thing you've ever seen. <laughs> Wasn't she Milo Ventimiglia's mom? Yeah, she was the mom of the sort of the main characters of the show. And ooh, I believe I'm gonna have to go back and look at this, but I leave I believe their father was Ray Wise, who ends up playing Robin's dad on How I Met Your Mother. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, you might be right. Huh. It's funny, because he was on a few episodes of Beverly Hills 90210. Oh, really? As one of the character's dads, who ends up shooting himself, because he loses all his money. No. And the the podcasters are like, they recognize him right away. That's Ray Wise, I guess is his name. And they're like, you're too... Like, they just kept commenting, commenting on how he's too good for the show. Like, his <laughs> acting would always be so much better than whoever scene he was in with. Okay. We are at Kochek. We said... We talked about Jamma Mays. There's a flirtation going on with her and Ted. Marshall calls her a coat wench, jokingly, and says, don't let this man leave, referring to Ted, because now he wants to party with Ted. Ted agrees to go back in, and... There's a pretty funny joke that Marshall makes. Finally, I'm not going to have to wait 30 minutes for a drink. And then right. they, they cut to 30 minutes later. They just are walking away from the bar with their drinks. That was a really good <laughs> cut, too. Yeah, I like that. And then we have the tooth incident. Uh, Ted goes back and mentions that Marshall just had a crown put in. And I thought, I've seen this episode, you know, five or six times. And I even watched it a few days ago and then rewatched it tonight. So... A few days ago, I, the whole, and every time I've seen it before this, I thought that the problem was that when he drank, the beer was stinging whatever work he had done. Oh, no, teeth. doesn't somebody, like, elbow yeah, him? Yeah, tonight's the first time I noticed yeah. that someone elbows him, knocks his crown out, and that's why he's in so much pain. I, 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 I jumped over. I had Lily jumping out of the bathroom. That actually doesn't happen until after this scene. Um, so we have that, and then we go back to OK. 
And we find Robin outside. Lily finds her outside. So Robin can't get back in. I free, I think that happened right after she got Marshall in. They changed bouncers. And the new bouncer says that she is... Her name's already crossed off. Yeah. This doesn't seem like something they would nitpick about. And no, and also she can just be like, here's my ID. <laughs> Or she, very easily solved. Yeah, she might have left her purse inside. Well, no, she wouldn't have done that if she wasn't in VIP. But, I, yeah, and this is a little too early for her to pull out her phone and go to the website for Channel One <laughs> and show that she's Robin Scherbatsky. Right. So I don't know. Yeah, Tense phone had internet. But you're right. Good point. She could, have, she could have had her ID on her. Yeah, but then we wouldn't get this lovely conversation with Lily in the gutter. Which I found so completely boring. Oh, it was awful. <laughs> it was just a big heart-to-heart about... How they each sort of envied one another's, where, what they were doing. You know, we all want to be where you are, even though you want to be where we are, kind of conversation. Yeah, and then they Give just talk about being the pee in the gutter, and it's just cheesy. Oh, and Lily flashing. That might be later. But yeah, Lily. that's a little bit later. <laughs> okay. So Marshall finds Barney. There's a humorous exchange where Marshall's talking to Barney, but and there's little breaks in the music, or in the, the pulsation of the music. And in between each pulsation, Marshall would say what he's trying to say to him. I like that. Yeah, it was a good exchange. Um, Marshall is asking him for a an aspirin or something for his, his tooth. Barney suggests going to the bathroom. Maybe there's a machine in the restroom. Exactly. <laughs> Should we do it with the pulsation? Boom, boom. <laughs> you were supposed to do the maybe. Oh, well, sorry. Let's try it again. Ready? Boom, boom, boom. Maybe. I can't do it. Okay. <laughs> it's too much pressure. God, we're a horrible couple. Um, disagree. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Marshall, Ted narrates, or Bob Saget narrates, that Marshall disappears in the bathroom for a while. They do a fast forward outside of it so you can see time is passing by. And he comes out, you know, I don't know what he took in there, and he comes out and he's super happy. Feeling good. Oh, my God. I just said super happy. Ah, <laughs> I'm against all adverb super use cases, and I just... You do it more than you realize. I do not. You do. That's because you're corrupting me. You use it all the time. Clearly other people do too. Other professional people, I might add. Yeah, so I just recently complained that I had to sit through five or six presentations at my office where everybody used the adverb super at least five or six times in their 20-minute presentations. Anyways... Let's put all that behind us. All right. So when we left, uh, Marshall comes out of the bathroom. Now, I'm trying to figure out what drug Marshall's on. You and I know a little bit about drugs. We didn't do many, but we've been around it enough. (laughs) We're wise enough. I mean, the only thing that really makes sense is cocaine, the way he's acting. Yeah. He's acting all in fast forward and excited and happy. I mean, I don't think it's ecstasy because he'd be a little more, like, wanting to touch people. I don't know. Him and Willie are, like... Oh, really that's a good point. on the dance floor. By yeah, the they're making it out. They're like, oh, it's sweet. Oh, and maybe it was achy. <laughs> maybe it is supposed to be ecstasy. Yeah, I can see it being ecstasy. Is that what the kids call Molly? Or used to? I, I guess. We go to back to Ted with the coat check girl. We and never get cho- coat check girl's name, do we? I don't know. It's funny because they actually give an update on what she's doing in like the very last season. Right. Yeah, I was looking at IMDb, and there's a another fun fact. No, don't reveal that we get our trivia from IMDb. No, we don't get our trivia from IMDb. I just found well, this. But we do. I just don't want to tell people that. Oh, I, wanna, I don't. <laughs> I want to seem like we're super sleuths. Super sleuths. Okay, fine. Here is some trivia. Roxy, stop, uh, dang it. stop snoring through our thing. <laughs> oh, she can't help it. Well, now I can't it. find the trivia, but it was essentially that she is the character with the longest time span between her first and second appearance. Yeah. But now I don't have the exact time in front of me. Yeah, I mean, we find out before the end of this that there was no future with him and her, even right. though it seemed like they they probably did go out once or twice. Doesn't it, didn't turn out that, like, she took the breakup really hard or something? I, oh, I don't remember. I, I think, have a vague recollection. I think we're going to have to wait till we get back to it in ten years. Yeah, I think it's like season eight. So they're, they're, they're having a nice conversation, flirting and talking about, you know, it's like, isn't, aren't these places supposed to be fun? And then, what well, other things are supposed to be fun but never are. So let's go through this list and see what we think are All fun right. or not fun. 
So clubs. The worst. No, and I think even when I was young enough to that where I was supposed to enjoy them, I didn't. Um, because I because I was better at talking to people than I was at you know being flashy. <laughs> you should Cru- have had a shiny shirt. I guess. Cruises. Can't say. We don't know. Never We've one. never been on one. We do want to go on one soon. Mm-hmm. New Year's Eve. Hit or miss. I feel like we had some good New Year's Eves. Yeah, I want to say when I stopped going to like the big ballroom New Year's Eve parties and started to go to like smaller venue things, those were always fun. Parties at someone's house was almost always fun. You know, the last few years we've just stayed at home. And, <laughs> um, like, we put the fake ball drop on for Tyler. And <laughs> yeah, at 8 o'clock and then we, we watched the actual thing at midnight. So, young, yeah, I'd say I had more good New Year's Eves than bad, yeah. so I'll disagree with that in a little bit. They they refer to a lot of bad New Year's Eves in this show over time. Oh, that's true. Yeah, no, I think New Year's Eve overall, I'll give a thumbs up. Rockettes? I have no opinion on the Rockettes. Either, I've never seen them live. It, I can't imagine a Rockette show is very interesting for more than ten minutes. Probably not. And that probably parades. feeds into the parades, because maybe if we watched parades, we would know more about the Rockettes. Why? I think they perform at parades, don't they? That doesn't sound right. <laughs> I think that. I think, think that's a thing. So they just like go sideways down a parade, well, kicking? Have you ever seen a parade? Down, they're on a float, kicking? Well, they stop and do things. Yeah, I guess the parade. they do. And they have like Broadway show like, dance numbers okay. and stuff. Yeah, maybe. Maybe they're in the Macy's Day Parade. Yeah, see? But do you like parades? No, not really. I mean, they're okay. I think I wanted to like them as a kid. I'd watch them on TV. But anytime as a kid you go to a parade, like, everyone that's already there is too tall for you to see around. <laughs> and you can't really separate yourself from your parents when you're trying to, like, push your way through. I don't know if I've ever been to a parade. I, yeah, it was one of those things I'd always be like, oh, it's Thanksgiving, I should watch the Macy's Day Parade, but and I'd get bored. I haven't been to a parade in a long time. We almost made it to the Sesame Street Parade <laughs> at Sesame Place in Pennsylvania, but it was getting too hot and we wanted to get out of there. Yeah, that's probably the last parade we almost went to. So we go back to Robbie, Robin and Lily's. Oh, you missed one. There was the Super Bowl. Oh, I, did, I forgot to write that one down. <laughs> if if Pittsburgh's not in it, we don't care. No, we don't so, watch. Yeah. We're petty. Sometimes, like, it'll be on and we'll flash, we'll cut to it every once in a while to see the update. Yeah, we'll see, make sure there's nothing super And I want to say we, like, watched the last bit of the last one because it was pretty exciting. There was a good finish to it. This year? Jesus I think Christ. this year. And two years ago, wasn't the there was that big comeback of yeah New England over Atlanta? Actually, that was probably like three or four years ago. Never mind. I don't know, but didn't New England lose this year? I think we watched that. No, New England won this year. I um, did they lose one year? Were they going to lose? Nah, I don't know. Clearly, we don't pay that much attention. We're, we're we are football fans, but but we really really hate the Patriots. <laughs> I actually don't hate them that much. I hate losing to them. I hate them. Okay. All right, moving along. Robin and Lily continue their boring maturity conversation outside. <laughs> then they flash. They flash the bouncer to get back in. Well, and this is a continuation of the story of Lily on a dare or something. Flashed a tour group at school, and she was like, "Well, yeah, once on a dare, but the rest of the time just because." But I can't do that anymore, and then proves herself wrong. I do like the nerds' lines of those are the four greatest and only boobs I've ever seen. <laughs> was this was this scene rape culture or just good clean fun? Good clean fun. I mean, they chose to show their boobs. True. It wasn't like the bouncer was like, "Show me your boobs." We are inside when Lily and Robin come in. Lily goes to look for Marshall, and we find that he is dancing in with people surrounding him, cheering him on in the middle of the dance floor. And I gotta say, for his skill level of dancing, no, nobody anywhere would make a circle around this. It wasn't <laughs> horrible, but it's just not the kind of dance level right. that people would be like, ooh, let's stop and watch what this guy's doing. <laughs> right. It's like some sort of comment. It's like part Michael Jackson, part faux breakdancing, and part the robot. <laughs> and it's just not great. But I sort of have a feeling like Jason Siegel thinks it is. 
Like, I'm a, let me let me just do my thing here. I'm a really good dancer. Well, apparently there's a it's a callback to something from Freaks and Geeks. I don't know if it's a callback, but there is yeah apparently in the last episode of Freaks and yeah, Geeks. Yeah, so this. we'd have to I guess watch that to see if there's any actual like similarity in the maybe movies. that maybe that's. Maybe that's the only way to appreciate it is to right. know that that's what it is and to have experienced the other one. We're at Ted and Marshall's, and for some reason, the mature couples are there by themselves without the hosts playing <laughs> Trivial, Trivial Pursuit. Pursuit. <laughs> well, we missed where Ted asks, so how many coats do you think I can put on? Yeah, it was okay. Well, but then it comes back, because when... Oh, he's got all the coats on. Yeah, when Barney think, comes up. I just didn't think it was that great, but... I like silly stuff like that. So we go to Barney dancing with a girl, and she finally turns around and mouths his name in horror and then runs off, and like pushes, <laughs> pushes him and then him. runs off. And what did you think the first time you saw this? What? I mean, that was a long time ago, but I think my assumption would be that it was somebody he'd already hooked up with. Exactly. I, I think that's what you're supposed to right. think. Although his face reveals the actual the truth horror. of it. Because if it was just a girl, he'd be like, what? Sorry. Right. And that was you. Yeah. Or, oh yeah, it's you. But yeah. this was like, he was in horror too. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it was his cousin, Leslie. Which is a good, it's a, it's a good reveal. Yeah. That's pretty much the only part I like of this portion of the story. No, I like afterwards where he's talking to Ted. He's like, no, this isn't going to be a thing. This isn't going to be a funny thing we talk about. That's okay. And then Ted's like, hmm, that's a handy new trick. We get back to inside, and Marshall and Lily are sweetly kissing each other on the dance floor, and then it turns icky. I, I, I've been watching a lot of things lately where there's making out in public on TV. <laughs> uh, TV characters making out in public uncomfortably in front of everybody. It's, it really bugs me. Yeah, it's not great. Marsh, um, but there's a good facial changeover <laughs> with the three of them as they're yeah. watching it. Where it starts off sweet and then gets yucky. We finish off in the cab on the way home and everyone's yelling at each other because everyone's suffering from <laughs> tinnitus from everything being their ears are ringing too loud. I, I, it's okay. I think it's the funnier part of it is Barney's continually <laughs> cutting in, not realizing there's a conversation they, going on. They mention his name. He's like, what? So that, that was okay. The rest of it was just more of you know, I was hurt that you didn't invite me kind of stuff, a maturity conversation. And Ted perpetually pining for a girl of his own. And we re- and then reveals that the Kochek girl was not that girl. Indeed. So that's it. That is it. So, yeah, it was an okay episode. I, You know, the reason why I th- I'm pretty sure I, I think it's not an okay episode, no pun intended with the word okay. <laughs> I was making it. Oh, you are. That was on purpose. <laughs> yeah. Is that I got halfway through taking my notes and I and I had to take a break. It just oh, really? it, yeah, it just wasn't keeping me. And I try and write as many details as I as I can mm-hmm. that I think are significant. Mm-hmm. And it just gets so tiring when you're not really enjoying. Like when I was doing the the return of the shirt last week, I was really enjoying writing down the details, like giggling to my snickering to myself. <laughs> and this time I was like, uh <laughs> So, yeah, there's some cringe-worthy moments in here for sure. Net, oh, we have our website up. We do. Do you know what the URL is? I believe it's runklerecaps.com. All right, we'll visit our website by the time you get to this, because really we're about this is we're five up recordings in, and we haven't posted. Like we ha- we haven't posted anything just because I'd rather get like ten posts out. Although there is something to be said, I do like when people start writing into a podcast and people immediately read it the next week. So, right. but it will catch up with us if we're going to do the whole thing. Yeah, well, we're not going to be able to stay ahead of it for very long. Yeah, well, we can also add, I think recordings to the end. So, like, oh, that's true. Yeah. We can come back so. and do re- read some of the, the the folks that have written into us yeah. and thank them for that. And if we ever get um, if we ever get iTunes. Reviews. Oh yes, and then we have Re- to do review it. You and subscribe. Then we have to be- do what all the podcasts I listen to mm. do and beg you to give five star <laughs> ratings. Right. Yeah, we have Twitter too, but mm. I can't remember what it is because I didn't actually like make the handle that I wanted to. So we might have to add that in later. All right, next week or next recording rather. <laughs> well, next week well, for you that, certainly. And, you know, we, we usually record these on Sunday nights, and so 
we've had all the Walking Dead end of this season, the last few Sunday nights, and oh god, we got Game of Thrones starting in two Sundays from now. So, um, it'll be tough to negotiate with the Game of Thrones, but it's only six weeks of it, so I'm sure we'll fit a few in. But anyways, next next recording to you folks is going to be The Slutty Pumpkin. The Slutty Pumpkin. I don't, I remember not loving this one, just because it's sort of smug Ted sitting on the roof waiting to meet the girl. Right. And so it's not... The best look of Ted, although I do like the Halloween scene where he gets the girl's number, where he had gotten the girl's number. And there's some good stuff with Barney and his different costumes. Yeah, I remember that. And there's really good stuff that you and I borrow a lot from in our everyday talk of Robin with her date. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and also, I think this one is one that gets called back a lot, so I think we have to pay attention to it to just... Yeah, yeah there's, there's a lot of there, future Halloween episodes. There's a return of the slutty pumpkin. Um, that's the only thing I can think of that there's a callback to, but we'll see. Yeah, but there's also... Um, oh, costume callbacks. Yeah, costume callbacks and just referencing, like, this is going to be the year she's going to come back. Okay, so as of right now, our Twitter is our recaps. I don't know why. I don't use Twitter. I tried to make it Runkle Recaps. It didn't work. So maybe by the time this actually hits, I'll have fixed it. So, but as for now, at our recaps. There can't be another Runkle Recaps out there already. I wouldn't imagine. I don't know. Is there a rule about how long your Twitter handle can be? I don't know. I'm going to say that if there's another Runkle Recaps that already exists, and because there's such a small chance of it, I will find them and kill them. So we can take take over. over Yeah. I'm pretty sure there's not, because I think I Googled it to see if it would come up, and I didn't see anything. So I think Twitter's just being a douche but <laughs> a douche 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 douche, douche, douche. <laughs> and on that note uh, oh and we, we we're trying to figure out a new sign out for ourselves do you want to like throw out a few and see what people like i don't know i think our the, the douche ending would have been really good maybe we just pick something from that episode but we'd have to talk about it ahead of time and weave it in because we we wove we weaved in the robin thing because that was a sign-off. Quite clearly, right. there was a relationship there. But I didn't find that it was funny to do it over and over again, <laughs> or even fun to do it over and over again. And you always would forget to ha- to look it up before. And I even had it ready this time. So I think maybe if we continually weave something from the show into our sign-off, kind of like uh, R- Rob Cesarnino weaves something from the show into the opening. And here's right. two guys that, and then right. there's something related in the show. Okay. So that could be our sign-offs. So... So signing douche was our sign off this time. <laughs> I was gonna say, and signing off uh, two people who really like fondue, <laughs> <laughs> or the next thing we think of. <laughs> All right, everybody, thanks so much for listening. <laughs> Have a good night. Roxy, you want to say good night?